Welcome to episode six of Shows Your Kit. This is with my friend Robbie Gates. He's got nothing to plug. He's not a, a YouTuber or a blogger or anything like that. He's just a friend of mine uh, who's a Liverpool fan. He won't be the first Liverpool fan that appears on this podcast either. There is definitely going to be at least one more uh, in the next few weeks. Um, I'm sure there will be many to come. There are loads of them, aren't there? And of course, like most Liverpool fans, he's not from Liverpool at all. He's from Dover. And he shares his stories as well about following Dover in the National League as a teenager. And you know, we speculate about the future of non-league football as well, very briefly, uh, following this current situation. Um, however, if you want to get in touch with us with any stories, it's the old gold 1877 at Twitter, the old gold1877 at gmail.com on email, and Instagram is the old golden black. Uh, not very streamlined, I know, because somebody had already had the old golden black on Twitter for some reason. So yes, um hopefully you'll enjoy this episode as well. Uh, he talks about England again uh, and how their Humiliation in South Africa in 2010 was a huge moment for his footballing education. He also talks about a famous Liverpool comeback, but it's neither of the ones that you actually think that it's going to be, uh, and how that was an important moment in Liverpool's current era. Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode, and I'll be in touch with you tomorrow for the next episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of Show Us Your Kit, the podcast where we talk about football shirts and memorabilia, etc. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I start properly. A shout out to Edmund Robinson, or at Ednumd on Twitter. I'll write that on the screen somewhere. Who's designed the logo for the podcast. You would have already seen it because... This is episode six, uh, but he's in real time. He's only just done it, and he looks it looks lovely. But um, I'm joined today by a Liverpool fan. Our first. Well, are you classing yourself as a Liverpool fan or a Dover fan this afternoon? I think it will become apparent as we go on through the conversation where my loyalties lie. Yeah, well, as you can tell, he's a proper Liverpool fan because he's from Dover, from down south. So, uh, Robbie Gates joining us today. Um, tell us how you've come to be a Liverpool fan in the first place. Oh, we, oh, okay. I thought we were going to jump into how we know each other, but we can do that after. That's fine. I mean, we work together. It's as simple as that. <laughs> it's, it is as simple as that, yeah. I was going to tell an anecdote about the time I met you, but, you know, if you want oh, to skim then. over the top, that's then. fine by me. Go on, then. Go so, on. Um, must have been th- three years ago now. Yeah. Three years. Coming up three years ago now. Mm. Uh, at a job interview. <laughs> and then uh, sat, sat on this couch, looking eager, looking keen. And along comes Tom Rouse and sits next to me. Didn't even say hello. Didn't give me the time of the day. All I got was a a nod in my direction, and that was it. And there, there well, as far as I ever since. Yeah, as far as I was aware, we were direct competitors, so I didn't want to, you know, offer an olive branch to somebody who I thought was going for the same job as me. So, you know. Well, there you go. Well, things worked out for the best then. Yeah. I guess. They couldn't separate us. See. So, how did you how did you become a Liverpool fan then, despite living well, hundreds of miles away? It's hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Um, it's the it's the same age old story that lots of people give. Uh, my dad is from Liverpool himself. He moved to Dover when he was f- I want to say no when he was late thirties okay. to go and work on the to work on the boats in Dover because mm. he was um, in the merchant navy. So uh, he's always been on the seas, and uh, that's where he met my mum and. Uh, didn't have a choice in the matter. There he was, Liverpool. Liverpool are we, straight away. So, uh, well, I, I know as well that you do follow 
Dover to an extent. And I suppose you've probably been to more Dover games. You must have been to more Dover games than you've been to Liverpool games. So, um, well, the first question I want to ask you is about Liverpool's situation at the moment and how you think that might resolve itself. But then is it going to affect Dover at all, this uh, coronavirus situation? Uh, so the first question, starting with Liverpool, it's... How do I want to describe it? It's... It's it's not as bad as it could have been, I believe, because we were so dominant, we were yeah. so far ahead. If it was close, you'd be th- you'd be more worried. You'd be thinking, mm. "What's going to happen?" We Points used to game, being disappointed. Yeah. We're used to falling short. Any scenario where we are not crowned champions is going to be unfathomable. It really will, because we're 25 points clear. We need two more wins. Other leagues that have been finishing have been doing it. Mm. Average points. Even with average points, we'll finish top. It's just a shame that if that was to happen, we wouldn't actually win it by playing football. Yeah. Um, Lots of Liverpool fans wouldn't care. Lots of Liverpool fans would say, yep, just take it. Take the cup. Mm. Off we go. Next one. Um, I feel like, also, because of the gap this season... It doesn't feel as much of an achievement already. Like right. watching them recently and just ticking off wins and ticking off mm. wins. It's not as I feel like last year was more yeah. competitive. Last Definitely, year was yeah. more build up, and then this season sort of been at the at the uh, expense of sounding ungrateful. Mm. It's been a really big anticlimax. Yeah, it's been a, proce- been, it's any been a procession for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's almost yeah. like we've just continued straight away from last season, mm. just carried on going and going and going, whereas yeah. other teams have... I think dipped. teams can only really do it for two seasons. So City did it for last season and the season before that. Liverpool are doing it for last season and for this season. I'd be surprised if they were able to keep it up at the same intensity next year. It'd be, it'd be interesting how, how football is after well, the pandemic. It, 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 you, you can't... You can't you, you can't comment really. It's yeah. it's hard to. Some teams might come back stronger. Other teams might come back weaker. Mm-hmm. You don't know what mentality the players are going to have. What football will look like in the future. You, it's just really yeah. bizarre time at the minute. So I feel like we have got the platform at the minute to go on and push mm-hmm. on and go further and further. And especially with Jurgen, we're definitely in the uh, in the right place at the minute. Yeah, I have I haven't actually checked this, but I think that the season the normal season should end next week and you were away on the last game of the season if that's if I'm right in saying that so you would be picking up the Premier League trophy this weekend just to break your heart a little bit more um I but, think we would have picked it up a, a little bit earlier than no, that no I mean yeah but, but you'd lift it on the last home game of the season don't you which would have been oh, today okay and the, well the, maybe uh, an alternative universe that's happening right now yeah, Hendo yeah <laughs> uh, what about Dover then? Because I know that when we went to watch them, they were in and around the playoff conversation. But what's happened since? I haven't had I haven't had any actual information about it. I believe I don't think they're going to. I don't think the way it is at the minute that they're sort of a priority to carry on. If that yeah, if that uh, makes sense, I think they're going to. They're keen to get the Premiership going again. I don't think at that sort of level they're they're really get pushing towards finishing off their season. I believe that. That is a league that might end up being null and void. What about the a, uh, the financial implications? How do you know much gonna, about them? Not per, not first hand. I just think 
the, the gulf between Premier, if Premiership clubs are saying they're struggling and they're trying yeah. to furlough staff, what must it be like in the National League? What must it be like? Yeah. We went and what was the attendance? Nine, I think it was about 700, yeah, between 700 Seven, and 700. There you go, 700, 15 pounds a ticket. Yeah. That's, that's hardly mm. anything, is it, for, yeah. for a club to sustain themselves over a period of months with no revenue coming in? Yeah, yeah, it's very, very sad, uh, and unfortunately, some clubs will perish because of it. But uh, on with the show, Robbie. Let's have a look at your first kit, then, please. Uh, a Liverpool kit, if you, if that's what you've brought. Now, I, I, I did get the the heads up about this show. Maybe what was it about six six days ago? So I had plenty of time to prepare. However, my favourite Liverpool kit is currently in Dover, oh, probably man. under my old bed. <laughs> but I've got a I've got a picture of a very handsome man wearing this kit. So uh, I'll show you if I can if I can on my phone a picture of my favourite my favourite Liverpool kit. Okay, so I'm going to guess that's around 2008 2009 season. That's the 2007 Liverpool home kit. Okay, so to, why is yeah. that so? Why is that particularly special for you? Oh, that that season wasn't in terms of winning anything it wasn't uh, a memorable season because mm. uh, the Champions was. League final wasn't it Champions League final but it didn't win no that was uh, I was, that was Athens yeah. um, it was purely down to the man who you saw on the back of that shirt there mm. it was an absolute revelation to watch he came straight into English football and none of this he needs time to adapt yeah. he needs to learn the language he needs to get familiar with his Surroundings. There was none of that. He started from minute one, scoring bags and yeah. bags and bags of goals. It was Liverpool have been fairly blessed over the years with iconic mm. strikers, prolific strikers. Yeah. Some of which before my time, you always hear the old stories of Rush and Dalglish, and then you get stories about. My, I think Michael Owen. I, I was on the end mm. of watching because I I started probably watching regularly when I was about eight watching yeah. Liverpool with my dad. So I saw glimpses, but when Fernando Torres started mm. up front for Liverpool, it was, I hadn't ever seen anything like it. Every time he beat their back line, it was a goal. You'd have, you'd have staked your house on it every single time. He was clinical. Would, so where would you rank him amongst modern day Liverpool strikers then? So against Suarez, Firmino, Salah, where would you, is he better than all of them or do the others rank higher? Uh, at his peak, he was the best out mm. of them. Uh, Suarez again, another. It was again. It's like, it's hard to find the words to describe. He was outrageous in an average team. The rest of the players around him, he made them so much better. They always talk about the SAS, but he was laying goals was on, ca- yeah. on the plate for it's Sterling. One of, the, one of the S's was a capital S, and then the others yeah. were small letters. Yeah. The others was just supplementing the S because he was he was just outrageous as well. He finished top goal scorer one season. He missed the first ten games for being banned. <laughs> and still finished top goal scorer, um, but I think Torres as a out and out striker was probably the best. I don't think you can class Salah. You can't class in the same categories. More of a wide mm. forward. Uh, and Firmino just does a completely different job. Yeah. Just as vital, just as important, but it's a completely different job, completely yeah. different role. So integral to the way that we now play football and probably one of my favourite players in the current team. So who would win in a game between the 2009 team that finished second 
and the the current team because you had Gerard Carragher, all those really good players. It would be the current team, hands down. Yeah, hands down. And it What's would the be then, it would be a clean sheet as well, I believe. Mm. Allison, Van Dijk, Henderson. It's the I remember every time they used to do interviews with Rafa and he'd talk about the core, the spine of the team. And at the time we had Rayner, Carragher, Alonso, Mascherano, Torres. We had a spine. We went for a long period of having no spine. Yeah. Of having average players in, in the positions. And now we're back to having, if you look straight down the middle of the park, it's quality, quality, mm. quality, quality, all the way through the middle. Mm. And that's why... The togetherness, the mentality, the manager, the fans, it's everything is just where it needs to be. And yeah. we're reaping the rewards of that. And it's just been a progression building upon previous seasons mm. and we're just taking more steps forward. So Klopp's been there for nearly five years now, isn't he? Five years in November. So how long can you see him staying? Because five years for a Premier League manager is pretty long. Uh, so has he got long left? Um, it depends. His other jobs, he stayed seven, eight years. I think it was his with his average, and then he mm. he wanted a new challenge. He wanted to go for a break. He was he's just signed a new deal. Um, I believe he's going to give us four more years. Okay, I believe, and then he's going to leave it to an understudy. But I think the 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 foundations that he's laid. Mm we'll still see us in good stead for moving forward as well. I, I think believe. it'd be so difficult for him next season, whenever that might be, having having achieved, having won the title, which every Liverpool manager has been after for the last 30 years, to have ticked that off. The motivation is not going to be there. Well, I wouldn't have thought that the motivation will be there to keep <clears> on going on because that was such an albatross around the neck. Where to next? Because you've won, he's won the Champions League as well. There's nothing, there's not even that. It, it sounds funny, but he doesn't strike me as somebody that's going to be content with that. I don't think that's going to mm. satisfy him. He, they, he, they're always talking about the next step. They're always talking about improving. I'm sure he did, he did a lockdown interview on Sky Sports the other, the other day. I listened to it. He was talking about this team's not the finished article. He's never content. Mm. People are, oh, do you remember when you won the Champions Yeah, we won the Champions League. We won that in July that year. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not talking about that now. I'm looking at the future. I'm looking on building. He's not resting on his laurels. He's not wanting the... He's not wanting the um, adulation. He's not wanting that's exactly the word I'm looking for. Thank you. He's not wanting the adulation. Doesn't mean it to him. He wants the next step. What can I do to improve yeah. even further? Yeah. And well, hopefully Wolves will start challenging you very, very soon. At the top of the league. I don't think anybody <laughs> else will. Uh, but let's have a look at your next kit, then, Robbie. This non- kit I have kit. in person. This kit I actually have okay. with me. In, in Wolverhampton, sunny Wolverhampton. Sunny I'm just going to tell a brief story as well before Robbie uh, shows us this kit. He, Robbie gave me a shirt. I don't, I'm not sure when it was, back earlier this academic year. Uh, it was a Dover shirt. I was really pleased to receive it. And uh, he signed it himself. <laughs> Dover's greatest export yes. to uh, Wolverhampton. Yes. So it'll be worth a lot of money soon, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so this is my favourite non Non Liverpool top. Nice. That's uh, the hometown right there. Zoom in on the badge. Lovely. It is. That is a very. Blue birds over very... the White Cliffs of Dover. <laughs> very famous town. Lovely yeah. place um, to grow up. Um, that's my favourite non Liverpool shirt. Um, 
I've told the story, I think I told the story to you before, growing up in Dover, nothing to do, like a lot of small towns around the country, I imagine, mm. other than work hard in the week, please your parents, earn your £5 pocket money, take it up to Crabble, £3 getting in, pound for chips, pound for a bottle of Coke, and 90 minutes of freezing cold <laughs> non-league uh, football. football. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and that was uh, repeated every every Saturday, or at least when they were at home. So and that was. Uh, have you got any particularly any particular highlights of watching Dover? Have they had any deep cup runs that you've uh, witnessed? We a few times we've we've got I, I like well, tremendously far for Dover into the competition. I'll never forget the time we played Crystal Palace at Crabble. Right. The, the year will escape me now, but. Uh, I remember I watched it live. It was the highest ever attendance at the Crabble, packed to the rafters, mm. got absolutely destroyed by Crystal Palace. So you watch it in live, in person, you go home, you watch the highlights. And uh, it was on BT Sport, yeah. Robbie Savage commentating. And he comes out with a line, they've got to do better. <laughs> He's telling a team that was 95 places lower down the football pyramid, they've <laughs> got to do better than this. They were about 4-0 oh. down and they're coming up against arguably Crystal Palace's first team and he comes out with that that pearl of wisdom. So thank you, Robbie Savage. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, have you ever got close to making it into the Football League? Have you? Because they, they're not a team that sort of has flirted with promotion as for the neutral point of view anyway. Um, then They never seem to quite reach the heights of a first. So in that league, it's First goes up and then playoffs. Yeah, they they've never gone on a run of looking like they were ever going to be first. They've been mm. in the playoffs a few times, but never never made it past uh, the first knockout round. So they've got to the playoffs this season. It was a possibility when we went to watch them. They yeah. were on course for it. It was like terrible the tightest, that, that game. There was about seven or eight teams within six points of each other, all vying for the playoffs, and they were absolutely shocking. Yeah. Well, funny story about that day as well. So me and Robbie went to watch uh, Dover at Solihull Moors, and Dover got beaten 3-0. Liverpool were playing Watford that evening, and Robbie said in the car on the way back, at least I won't see Liverpool lose (laughs) 3-0. And lo and behold, (laughs) they did. But I think Wolves won that weekend, didn't they? Wolves beat uh, Spurs, so... Wolves was the only team out of uh, the three that I like to uh, follow that um, yeah. did well. So the next part of the show, Robbie, we uh, look at some video clips. So, uh, well, actually, don't we, I'm going to show you something else. Or um, I'd like you actually to explain, please, the pictures that you've emailed to me. I think, is this your, this is my, your um, item, what, your special item? This is my special item. I've sort of been a bit cheeky and got got two in one there but each has its own individual story yeah. i'll uh i'll start with the bottom picture yeah can i just first. ask what the hell <laughs> that was, is, if, that you, is, if you're gonna ask ask alexa to define 2006 teenage haircuts if you look at the guy right next to me he's also got that style just um, it's not quite not as pronounced as, not as prominent no <laughs> not as prominent as mine this uh and like the kids my my goalkeeping friend there as well. He had a uh, quite the barnet, yeah. quite the barnet on him as well. Oh, look at he's uh, got one as well. Look, <laughs> yeah. See, that was all the range. Everybody had it. Everybody had it. Um, this this picture sort of summarises my uh, 
young adolescence, I think you would say. He was probably, what were we in that picture, 14, 15? Mm. Um, this was at Cholton Athletic Training Ground. Right. We had to qualify to get to this tournament. They had sort of regional, regional tournaments. Mm. Uh, so our local one was in Deal, which is the next town over. And it was uh, five-a-side teams. There's two, what's there, two, four, six, six-a-side teams. Yeah. And there was one, one sub. Um, so we played our qualifying rounds in Deal. And we drew every single one of our games. Mm. Didn't win a single game. Unbeaten. Until... Until the final, which was a, which was a knockout game, and we yeah. won that game one nil, which qualified <laughs> us to go to the uh, to the Charlton training ground mm. to play against teams from other other areas. And we went there thinking that we were a good team, thinking we knew what we were doing, and got beaten well and truly by absolutely every single team we played against. The level, the standard of other players. Yeah was mind-blowing we we all thought we were great we all thought we were the best players in <laughs> in the town we were shocking compared to some of these boys yeah levels above is it's so obvious isn't it like when i played five aside against people who have had trials for west brom or something like that and you just think oh yeah okay they've had trials. but then they are amazing they just make you look foolish by just they just have to stand still and then they make you look silly but yeah. uh let's have a look at this top picture then so what's this uh what's this one Oh, this this top picture again. Uh, I'd like to bring bring uh, attention to the guy in the middle next to the goalkeeper. In the in the suit jacket. In the suit jacket, absolutely. That's that's the guy there. My friend V right. wearing a suit jacket. This picture was taken in Wolverhampton, Fowlers mm. Park. Uh, we used to play university football there, unofficial university football before University of Wolverhampton. You know, yeah. tell me off, Unof unofficial university football every single Sunday at about 12 o'clock mm. so I'd play my Sunday league game in the morning and I'd race over there to get to to this game just 22 guys from university some would wear white some would wear red we'd just meet up at the park we'd play a full 11 aside game mm. now this was the last game before everybody moved back home for the summer some people were finishing uni so uh, the man in the middle there V he said mm. I'm going to dress in a suit and I'm going to manage the team. So we go to the local park, no corner flags, no referee, not even wearing the same kit. We're playing our 11 aside game. He's on the sideline, shouting, barking, <laughs> raving like Jose Mourinho in the Champions League final. There's people walking their dogs thinking, what on earth is going on here? And it was just a, uh, a really great special memory to me. Um, it was just uh, so hilarious at the time. Really good. was. Is that a Derby County shirt somebody's wearing as well there? Yeah, Derby what's County. The, what's the shirt. one next to him? What's this one? Uh, Republic of Ireland, I believe. Okay. We've got England. Yeah. Also, that was the, the the remit was just wear white tops. Apart from apart from this. Apart from chap. this guy here who uh, yeah. snuck in with a red top. Obviously, woke up late or didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah. So well, very good. So some of my uh, favourite sporting memories are actually personal ones rather yeah. than professional ones yeah well, i think because i've never played football to sunday league level i haven't got anything like that because i am i don't think rubbish. there is such a i don't think such a level exists i think sunday <laughs> league is if you've got the body you're on the pitch yeah some of the things that you've told me are very very funny uh right then uh the next one the next well, is going to be a video clip now and I, I was shocked when you sent this one because i didn't really understand why 
So can you explain to me why you've chosen England losing 4-1 to Germany in the World Cup? Go on. Is it going to play? I'm going to get it on now as you are starting to explain. I think, very, I think lots of people will be familiar with this uh, particular game. Well, you, you, there's no sound, so you can just explain. Oh, okay, as we, go, as we yeah. go through. So this was 2010, I believe. Yeah. 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 I was, this, this was the shirt they were wearing. That's why I've uh, put this on. Got 20 on the front, 10 on the back, 2010, 2010. At the time, I was working at a sports shop, so I printed it myself, put the numbers on myself. Um, this was probably, I would have been 20, so my first real World yeah. Cup experience, being an adult, As being able lad. to go out with my friends, being able to go to the pub to watch it. We actually had in Dover uh, one of the giant screens fitted, for right. the Olympics and they showed all of the games on the giant screen. So there's every person in Dover who emptied into the town square to watch the game. Mm. Everyone, as they are always are with England, filled with uh, false hope and uh, <laughs> thinking that great things are going to happen just because we are England. Yeah. Um, and this game, for me, highlighted how far behind the rest of the world <laughs> England were in terms of actually being able to yeah. play football. I just, I think it illustrates perfectly the levels above that other countries were when we thought we were great. Yeah. There's or a lot of arrogance we... with, with England to, towards tournaments, particularly in this time. Between 2002 and 2014, I'd say, I think it's sort of died down in the last couple of years. But, I mean, look at the defence you've got, Matthew Upson and David James. And as you watch, uh, John Terry's John Terry's in there. Ashley Cole, some of yeah. arguably England's greatest ever defenders. Yeah. The line there was absolutely shocking. It was yeah. all over the show. That's one ball over the top, beat them. It's got a player to cross it to there. It's just shambolic yeah. defending. Gerard would have been in that team. It was like our oh, one of our best teams. Yeah, and they got made to look absolutely amateurish. Mm. Um, and they did get back in the game though a little bit here. This is Matthew yeah. Upson scoring, isn't it? I remember also it was the game where I realised who uh, Muller was. Muller was absolutely oh, yeah. unplayable this game. I think, yeah, in the second half, he really comes, really comes by out. By himself. Yeah. Um, my favourite moment's coming up soon. Watching this as a, as a probably 20-year-old on the big screen in the middle of the market square, Frank Lampard makes clearly... It makes it 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> clearly makes it 2-2. Two, two. I saw it on the big screen. I thought, wow, we're back in this. This is it. No sportsmanship there from Neuer. None whatsoever. He clearly knows that's yeah, over he the line. Knows. He knows. Yeah, but that. well, you would do the same, wouldn't you? you you're not going to pick that ball up in a World Cup and go, yeah, that went in, ref, sorry. I mean, he would no, get, well, he'd get some award for sporting behaviour, but he would also get lynched by every German. He would indeed, but I just think that was uh, poetic in the way that it was taken. I don't that remember that. Also... I don't remember that free kick from 40 yards smashing against the bar. Well, probably that one also probably went in, but we never got it. So, uh, yeah, it was just, I think it was just the idea of us thinking we were something and realising we really weren't. And this Germany team, again, quality, they, mm. seem, to, they seem to have more of a right to turn up to tournaments and just presume that they're going to do well because they yeah. seem to currently have uh, much better players than us. Yeah. Uh, right, well, I'm going to end this video now because what's going to happen? It doesn't get any better. Well, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> I don't understand why you've chosen it as your as your as your favorite. Well, one of your favorite clips still because it's one of my favorite clips because it enlightened me to the fact that England were not. Mm. My eyes were open as a casual fan. 
my eyes were open to the idea that we were not okay. what we were portrayed to be. I think that's what it was. Okay, so it was more of a lesson, a bit of education. More of a lesson in football, rather, yeah. You yeah. You're not always the best team. You will mm. have to suffer heartache sometimes. And the second clip that you've sent me, again, I'm a little bit surprised as to the one that you've chosen. I'm not surprised that it's a Liverpool comeback, but I was expecting it to be a more recent one. Uh, so why is this one against Dortmund from, I want to say, 2017? Is that right? 2016. Can't remember the exact it's either, either might, might have it on it. Might have it on it. it this, this was... It was a reminder to those people that had forgotten about European football and mm. Liverpool. It was a reminder because we'd obviously had 2005. Everybody remembers that comeback. Some people will have chosen that as their best ever game. Yeah. Um, this was a reminder that we can do magical things in Europe. Mm. This was the first time in recent years that we were we were back playing regularly under Klopp in Europe. We were back competing. We got to the final this year. Obviously, didn't win in the final. As mm. Klopp's uh, not got a great record in finals. No, it was uh, Unai Emery's. To... Unai Emery's severe, wasn't it? That beat you. He was, was, on indeed, that, yeah. was on that one nil up. Streak. Yeah, one nil up, and then uh, lost. Uh, this game, it was the insurmountable odds as well. We were we were down two goals. Then we got thought we got ourselves back in it, mm. and then they scored again, and we came back again. Uh, Another reason why this is my, probably one of my favourite games is because it's probably one of the last European games that I've watched with my dad, I think, because I was back home at this point. Right. So I watched this one with my dad. And it was just that I always remember in the 2005 final, him saying to me, you never know if we get one goal. And I said, Dad, mm. you're being silly. Like, but he's been there, he's done it, he's seen it all. He's lived much longer than me. He knows, he yeah. knows more than me about football. But it's just brushing him off, and it obviously it happened. So it was that it's not over; it's never over. Yeah, and see, I, I think, remember I remember watching it as well. And at that point, where Royce scores, I think, well, that is surely lots of there. people That's thought it was bit. it was over again. But uh, obviously, they show that it, it wasn't. Yeah. I think this was again as Klopp started. It was building that mentality. It was building that never mm. say die attitude. And it's been shown so many times of recent years. You've got. We won against Aston Villa, two goals in the last six mm. minutes. We won against Leicester, penalty in the last minute. The Barcelona game, again, which I was yeah. close to choosing, won 4 0 at home. They didn't have a sniff. That was probably one of their, the best teams in Europe that year. Shut mm. them completely out. It's even the game that you mentioned earlier, the Watford game. We went 1 0 down. I wasn't panicking. Mm. I was certain. I was certain we were still going to win. Went yeah. 2 0 down. I'm still comfortable, quite confident <laughs> we're still going to win the game. The way that we've been playing, it was only when the third goal went in that my yeah. actual uh, confidence drained from me. But this was the, this was the, the stepping stone yeah. to the team that we've got now. And uh, nice of Lovren to get the winner as well. Because uh, it gets a bit of stick. Yeah, what I remember from this game in particular, I heard somebody else talking about it earlier in the week, was uh, because Dortmund also sing uh, You'll Never Walk Alone, that the and I remember listening to it on the radio for some reason, not watching it on telly at the beginning of the game, and just the commentators just stopped talking and just let the crowd sing because usually you have booze or you have the the opposition trying yeah, to yeah. out sing or spoil it. But it was just one of the most spine tingling moments in in football. I loved that that moment. Um, 
I think we've come to a conclusion, Robbie. Is there anything else you wanted to, to add? Any particular stories or memories you wanted to recount? Uh, Regale us with, not sorry, not recount us with. No, no, that's, uh, I think that summarises nicely my, uh, my love for Liverpool and Dover and also, you know, quite fond of Wolverhampton as well. Yeah. Lovely. I've stopped having to have had to stop going to the games as every time I go it's a, a nil nil draw. Yeah. So for the well, sake of the team, I've stayed yeah. away. I mean, there's a couple of games that I would have liked you to have come to to see a nil-nil draw, <laughs> but never mind. But anyway, thanks for joining me, Robbie. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. But in the meantime, everybody else, you can like the video, subscribe to the channel, and check it out Spotify and iTunes and everything else as well. And uh, we'll see you all again in the future. Goodbye.